Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Absolute Game of Nerds with your non-geek, non-nerd hosts, JP and Rohan. And again, we have today a special guest, Justin from Spidey Hits. And we're going to have uh, Rohan give us a great introduction for uh, for Justin here. Tell us what it, what's what he's all about. Um, yeah, I so I am connected, I guess I was connected to Justin um, through Manu, our buddy from the 9.9 newsstand. He and Justin do... Uh, a show together, or it's Justin's show, and I think Manu co-hosts on it. Um, so I've watched him through that, and then after we interviewed Manu, I was like, oh, we got to get Justin on. He's got a great show. And what's cool about Justin, um, he is a big comic card guy, and we have not had anyone that is, you know, big. He does comics, too, as you can see in his back wall, uh, but we, don't have, we haven't talked to anybody about cards yet, so I think this is going to be a fun uh, little interview to do um, about cards. Uh, and if you ever watch uh, Justin's show, I got to say... You got to be probably just the the most polite host of any YouTuber <laughs> I have seen. Like, and it's probably like the Southern. Uh, what do they say? The Southern um, hospitality. Uh, hospitality, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. In you, yeah. like, it, it, you're always just like so pleasant. Like, I hope everyone's having yeah. a marvelous day. And I'm like, this guy is great. <laughs> well, my wife has me saved in her phone as Mister Dangerous Underwood. So there's not a polite uh, side out. Oh, there. there's a, there's a bad boy side there. <laughs> Yeah. You say bless your heart to people a lot, or no? That's like a cuss word around here. We, we know you don't mean it when you say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, well, anyways, Justin, thanks for coming on. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but uh, why don't we start with kind of uh, we always kind of start with an origin story. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that you got a story about your name is Spidey Hits. Yeah, I'm sure there's something with childhood and Spider Man, and kind of give us a little brief rundown of like what what got you into all this and and how you got here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of sum up the collection, you know, habits along with the YouTube channel, kind of one origin story. How about that? Yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm a twin. I have a twin brother named Dustin, and we grew up in the, you know, very poor side of town. We moved around a lot. By the time I finished ninth grade, I'd been to seven different schools, three different states, multiple divorces, you know, you know all that kind of instability. But for me and my twin, one of the things that, you know, stayed with us through all the moves was our um, our Marvel card collection and, and to some degree our comic book collection. On top of that, huge fan of the X-Men, the animated series, Spider-Man, uh, the animated series. Those were left just serious, indelible marks on my life. I, I like to share the story where my brother, we were racing home from school in fourth grade and he beat me home and locked me out of the house. So I, I literally punched the window out to get in to watch Spider-Man because you know we couldn't afford it, and the glass left this big scar on my on, on my fist. So it's uh, a dangerous you know, my, side you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, that is. That's the, 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 that's the Mr. Dangerous Underwood side. But anyhow, uh, so Spider-Man and Wolverine, in particular, those two have uh, really you know just been something I've adored for a long time. Uh, ended up getting, uh, started dating my wife when she was 14. I was 15, ended up getting married at 19 and 18. And uh, that meant that all I did was work, you know, took care of my wife, took care of what ended up being our two young girls. And it wasn't until about 2000, I say 2017, maybe just a hair before that, uh, started having some space where I might could have a hobby of my own that I wanted that wasn't, you know, going to take away from my family. And as I was thinking about what hobby I wanted to be a part of, um, I had spent 13 years as a real estate appraiser. So knowing how to evaluate, compare, comp was something I wanted to be a part of the hobby. I wanted there to be a value aspect, a collecting aspect where you might see something that people don't yet appreciate that maybe one day you could resell for a lot of money, that kind of stuff. 
but I didn't want it to be too costly and I wanted to be able to see it. That's the biggest thing. I wanted whatever I collect, I didn't want it to go in a drawer or vault or be somewhere where I couldn't see it. And so I actually said, you know what, I'm going to start collecting action figures. You know, it's not big money or anything like that. And so I started, you know, kind of buying and uh, picking up action figures. And I liked the idea that I could display them. At that point in time, uh, my Marvel, you know, uh, collecting was really, really private. It was not very public. Not a lot of people uh, knew about it outside of close friends. And so I created this Instagram account called SpideyJew09. And I thought of it like a, think of it like a burner account or just like a gamer tag. And uh, Spidey, because I love Spider-Man, J-E-U-Jew, because that's my initials of my name, and uh, nine, because I'm born in September on the 9th. And so I I just made that name and started doing Instagram posts of my action figures. And like, I don't even think my wife followed me. Like, it was just very, very private. I would only follow other, you know, Marvel Legends collector type accounts. And that went on from 2018, 2019, uh, 2020 COVID hits, obviously, like most everyone else. Uh, at that time, I started thinking about my personal career uh, where I'm a, I'm a banker and how I was going to need social media to really ramp up to keep my brand presence really strong. And I could see how that was going to be part of the future. But I was pretty nervous about it. I didn't know how to do video at, a, at what I would call a higher level of, of quality that would be engaging. So I thought, you know what, I have this gamer tag out here, uh, this, uh, this, this uh, burner account, Spidey Geo 9. I'll start a YouTube channel with that name and I'll just do it about Marvel Legends and I'm going to make 35 videos. And at the end of 35 videos, I'll know how to make YouTube content. And then I can transition that into my business. Well, before I ever got to the end of the 35th video, January of 2021, uh, my my twin brother once again said, "Hey, are you realizing that Marvel cards is kind of becoming a thing again?" Um, and I did. I looked into it, and we sat down and recorded my first Marvel card video on this on the Spidey Geo Nine YouTube channel, January. I think it was January, maybe first part of February of 2021. That same month, within a, maybe within days, Marvel Masterpieces 2022 came out, which is one of the, if not the premium. Uh, set for marvel cards and i was able to buy into the to that which is what you would call more of a modern marvel card and then i was i was all in again because <laughs> i <laughs> i was rediscovering this but i was making content around it as well so i began to my channel began to represent what was happening to a lot of people coming back into the marvel card space and i would um i'd already established kind of the culture of the channel i mean the very first words on my very first video is how i'm spidey and I hope you're having a marvelous day. That was day one. <laughs> and so uh, that that uh, began to kind of permeate into the Marvel card space. People that were attracted to that. Some people are not, and that's totally okay. But the people that were attracted to that wanted to be a part of it. And as people would come to YouTube looking for Marvel card content, I was probably the guy that was doing it the most consistent, right? And uh, that not only did my collection begin to grow and the channel began to grow, but by May of 2021, I had obtained what most people had considered or still maybe consider one of the more valuable cards in Marvel cards, which was the uh, gold PMG precious metal gem of Spider-Man, the one of one. And that card, a lot, you know, probably gave me more clout than I deserve as a collector. uh, But that with the channel certainly did that. And, you know, I just began to continue to enjoy 
the hobby and the content and the community that was around that. And of course, now you fast forward, you know, almost two years later, um, you know, that's the, the Marvel card hobby, I think is growing rather strong, even despite some of the headwinds that are there in terms of upper deck, putting out product consistently with good quality. Um, the, 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 the channel and the, the hobby still have continued to grow. So that's kind of my quick little origin story there all meshed into one, but, uh, now I rebranded in 2022 to Spidey Hits because I thought Spidey Duo 9, I thought I would never actually be associated with that in a public way. I didn't want anybody to know who I was. And then I realized, you know what, this isn't going away anytime soon. And so I rebranded to uh, Spidey Hits. Uh, like I said, in, I think it was February, May, February, March of 2022. And I haven't looked back. Um, so a couple, a couple things on, on what you just said. So one, uh, was, it was Justin and I had realized when we were in discussions about doing this podcast, so Justin has the same career as my wife. Um, and so when you talk <laughs> about the whole social media presence, like she's always talking to me about this, like, I got to do more social media that way I can get out there. So I, I feel you on that too. I wanted to ask, what was the Marvel card sets that you and your brother grew up on? Cause JP and I, we've talked about this. your upbringing story is very similar to ours and almost most of the people we've interviewed. And we were ta mm -hmm. always talking about how the, the Marvel series, the Marvel Universe series one, two, three, and then for me also added on the X-Men uh, Universe series one. Mm -hmm. Those cards were everything to me, child. And like, while I did read comics, I learned most of my knowledge, um, as we've said before, from those cards. Because you can, you know, mm -hmm. Spider-Man has, you know, hundreds of issues. It's, you know, it's been around since the 60s. But you yeah. can pick up each one of those cards read the little blurbs on the back and you've got a comprehensive story of what <laughs> Spider-Man. And so it's like, they were the most efficient way to gain knowledge into this kind of whole world. Um, so what sets, what sets were the ones that you guys had as kids that you were talking about? Yeah. So uh, the, probably the one that has the biggest impact in the way that you just described it actually would be Fleer Ultra X-Men from 1994. Okay. Uh, and, not, and 1994, I'm, I'm 10, 11 years old, depending on what month during that year. Right. And, and that's when we really started getting into to collecting cars because uh, it was really because we had we made this move. Like I said, we had many moves. We moved by this uh, friend named Matt. And Matt was already collecting and his dad would take him to this place called Cards, Coins and Collectibles. And that's where we were introduced to, well, not only comic cards, but comic books as well and Wizard Magazines. And so from 10 on or nine on, um, it was it was becoming a regular part of my childhood. Got it. So then, growing up, favorite character obviously then X Men, Spider Man. Mm -hmm. What else we got? Yeah, so uh, it, I mean, very much X Men and Spider Man. Outside of that, not. I mean, I wasn't really an Avengers fan. You know, uh, like any kid, like this you know, big angry Hulk there here and there, but uh, but it was very much Spider Man, Wolverine for me. And my twin brother, his favorite is Gambit. Yeah. Any yeah, Punisher had, in there? I liked Punisher, but Punisher wasn't on the TV screen. Mm. And and I mean he was in the cards, but the the, the, the shows really kind of brought those two worlds together and really uh created that love for me. What's funny yeah. is I remember the X-Men show, I watched that, but I don't remember the Spider-Man show. I remember oh, yeah. the Spider-Man Spider show was huge for me. But there was a Spider-Man show where he had like a weird shaped head. Yeah, this is not it. It's it's fantastic. It's still good viewing today. I've watched it with my daughter. Uh, yeah, uh, I actually, Daniel Barnes. Yeah, the, I forget what the one that came out when my kids were probably early early two thousands. He had a 
not a weird shape head, but a specific shape on his head that they drew. Yeah, like a point. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but that was not the one you're talking about. This was like mm-hmm. I remember the show from the '80s, but there was a Spider-Man Adventure yeah, from the show, '90s. Show, yeah, show from the '80s. You're, you're likely talking about the one that had Iceman and yep. uh, Firestar. Oh, what's her name? Firestar. Yep. Not that at all. Don't even know if I've ever watched a complete episode of any of that ever. Yeah, it's on but Disney Plus, I'm... but yeah, <laughs> it takes me back. But you, I gotta watch the one you're talking about because that one was uh, the uh, Spider-Man Adventures, right? Is which what's called? Um, I think it's just called Spider-Man: The Animated Series. It was okay. on Fox. It was on Fox. Yep, in... that's what I watched. Yep, it was on Fox. Um, for me, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's it's super awesome. If you haven't watched it, you really should. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so okay, so I, actually, I wanted to talk about. This. I actually just watched um, last week your video on the that gold PMG card that you're talking about, the one of one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, so, and you said you traded for it, right? I bought it. Oh, you bought it. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did you even go about finding, I mean, a card that's one of one? How did you even find that? I didn't. It found me on the YouTube channel. Someone left me a comment and said, hey, enjoy the video. Um, by the way, I have the one of one gold PMG. Do you think I should get graded and which, with which company? And I was like, uh, yes, you should get it graded. <laughs> and that's a really special card. Um, and then anyhow, it, we ended up connecting on Instagram with uh, him and his wife. He was not. He actually didn't have a social media account. Uh, so his wife had to reach out to me through her Etsy account, like, uh, <laughs> or Cincy, no, Cincy, the candle selling, you know, account oh, yeah, that yeah. she had. And um, so I was very kind of suspicious, is this real? Because, you know, was, I was, at that time, the green PMG Spider-Man had just sold for 32, 36,000. The gold, 2015 gold uh, PMG Spider-Man had just sold for 28,000. And, and that's the reason the person found my video. Like they were doing Google searches about the card or YouTube searches about the card. And they found my video where I was talking about these sales, uh, this auction that happened, a golden auction. And, you know, thankfully, the, the person also was in the Marvel Legend action figure. So my channel had that nice mix and, and connected. Uh, him and his wife really liked the content and, and liked me. We got to know each other. And, and they, he said, hey. I want to sell this card to you. And I said, Hey, I can't afford it. <laughs> like this card belongs in an auction for some rich person to buy. And he was like, you know what? Uh, tell me what you can offer. And I said, well, this is what I can offer. And my wife not divorce me. And, and he slept on it and him and his wife called me the next day and said, yeah, we want you to have it. That's awesome. Is that, yeah. is that card accessible at all right now that you could show? No, it's not accessible. So actually later that year, so, at that time, you know, at that time, I'm not going to get into the, the numbers with. Yeah, the yeah, that's totally fine. Totally private. fine. Yeah, totally but, fine. But at that time, the card was obviously worth something. Obviously, it had some value in the, you know, $20,000, $30,000 range. You know, if it was graded, it was not graded, it was raw. So, you know, cut that down however you might think you would cut it down. And, and we were both had the same knowledge. What happened for the rest of the year is the market went absolutely nuts. And by December, a red out of a hundred PMG sold for $72,000. So this was the gold one of one. And uh, long story short, somebody showed up, offered an insane amount of money for it. And I talked to the previous owner. We both came to an agreement and 
the majority of the ownership of the gold one was sold. So I still retain a small bit of ownership, but it's actually inside of a, what you might call a, a master PMG collection. That's like com totally complete, uh, including the one of one. And if I want access to it, I can just call and say, Hey, I want to take it to a show and I'll take it to a show or whatever. And, uh, and if they were, if they were to ever sell it, I would still have some benefit of that sale. Got it. So is that, is that collection, um, you said successful to use it. So is it in, in Louisiana then obviously? It's, it's in various places whenever they, they move it around the country, uh, but oh, primarily okay. it sits in California, but like when I was in Atlanta, I had it when I was in New York, I had it. So if I want to take it to a show or something, I can do that. So how do you set up this? What do you have to set up an LLC to split the ownership of it? How does that work? Yeah, we created it. We created an agreement with it. That's right. Okay. Okay. It's so it's not like the it's not like the fractional ownership like you buy on you know on the on these sites and stuff like that. It's just between two people. Two people, but then you said a third person came into it, or it's just you no, and the original just, owner. Just me and me and one person. No, but I just wanted the original owner to also benefit in that sale. Let me just say that. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's what you mean. Yeah. Um. Tell They're us about like lunch money that, you know, <laughs> helping well, out to, yeah, he, good, doing good yeah. things. That's good. Yeah. yeah I like but, it. You know, when, when, when somebody offers you uh, that kind of money, it's hard to look your wife in the face and say, no, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep the trading card. You know, right. she's like, what the piece of cardboard, you know, we could send our daughter to college and both find both cars. Why, why would we not do that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, so if that would be your number one, uh, Justin, would your number two be the AF-15 comic clipping card? Oh, the gold PMG uh, as like favorite card, not even close to my favorite card. Uh, oh. it's, that's, that's the interesting part. The, you know, when I got it in hand, obviously it was special. Like, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but once I put it in a display, I could never really have it like as my centerpiece. There was no nostalgia connection to it as a kid in the sense of like the, the image of it. Uh, the image is good. It's not great. I'll, I'll give you an example of one in a second. But, um, but it never really resonated as like the centerpiece of my collection. I think the, I think the beauty that that card held for me was, the, was realizing the power of being in creation. Like you guys are creating a podcast right now. And what did it do? It created the opportunity for us to connect and now to have a relationship and for us to learn from one another. And had I not ever pressed record, which was pretty scary for me, the opportunity to own that card would have never created itself. So that, that, that's really more of what that card meant for me. Hmm. But in terms of like my favorite cards, yeah, there it's not, it's not in my top five. Ah, all right. Yeah. So what, then let's, uh, let's talk about what would be in your top five. I'm very curious. Yeah. So do you want me to show you? Yeah. Like, if you got them show? available, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to, I have to move around a little bit here. That's why I came in this room instead of the, uh, the other one. So let me uh, do this, get a camera and swap that camera. All right, so this is the current display. And and look, um, I'm not one of those people that's the same thing all the time. Like I, I it's probably a product of moving around a lot. Like I'm constantly rearranging and redoing uh, what may or may not be in the center of my display. So uh, right now my favorite card is definitely the AF-15 Comic Cut. It got a pristine tin, all tins except for one nine five on the corner, which is likely because of this bottom left corner here. Uh, but what makes this card really special for me is because when 
when Spider-Man Metal was coming out, it was announced um, a, a, a well over a year before its actual release. And it was something I was very excited, had a lot of anticipation for. And I wanted to get one of these cuts, and I'll show you one other thing that I really wanted to, have, wanted to receive as well. But when Upper Deck did their EPAC announcement, and that may confuse your viewers, it's not digital. No, there's physical cards. They, they doubled the price that I was anticipating. And when they doubled the price, I actually decided to not buy into that product uh, on, on Upper Deck's EPAC. And what I was telling you is that I honored myself and created alignment. And in long story short, what I wanted still came to me. I still was able to accomplish and get what I wanted here, which was which was this comic cut. And so I'm really, really proud of how, how that all came together. So this is number one. Number two would be this John Romita Sr. So you guys know who John Romita is? Of course, of course. Um, you know, famous for, you know, drawing Spider-Man for many years, creator of Punisher. Uh, he was mentioned earlier. So this card is from 2001 when no one cared about Marvel cards. It was at a time when Tops actually had the license to produce Marvel cards. And they produced this set called the Marvel Legends set. And John Romita drew this sketch card. They put it in a pack and somebody pack pulled it. This is a pack pulled one of one sketch card by John Romita uh, Sr. And so to me, it's super cool. Yeah, it's, that's uh, rad. I had alarms. I had alarms set to remind me to be on the show, and they were going <laughs> off. Sorry, for eight o'clock. So I just got these back from CGC, and it says Spidey his collection on it, which is really cool. Yeah, and I heard you said last night on your show that you could get that label just by another adding another five bucks. Yeah, you can create a pedigree. Where's the label at? It's on the back of the card. Okay. So you said the one that you have the the Amazing Fantasy book. There's a ten on there at CGC. So I know there's, I don't know much about cards and grading them. Again, I'm mm -hmm. new back into collecting like we've talked about earlier, mm -hmm. but I knew about CGC when I left the, 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 um, hobby. So I'm, so I understand more about it now, but the cards look like CGC and PSA. I think they're all comparable. It's not like CBCS versus CGC. Is that correct? I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of that. It's some of it is who you ask and what cards in the slab. Uh, but example, this, this, uh, CGC 10, I mean, this isn't, you know, this is a comic book panel, an actual panel from an amazing fantasy. This is, um, the, the second time in the book where Spider-Man is in the suit, but this, the, it's the best panel of him kind of full profile up close, right? Um, this card should sell and is the same value if it was in the CGC 10 or PSA 10. There's, there's only one with this panel, period. There's only 15 of these cards in existence, period. So you see in the back here, there's only 15. So that was going to be my question. Have all 15 been found? No, we only know for we only know about eight or nine of them. And those come in a Spider-Man metal box, right? Is that is that the correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, like Marvel Metal Universe Spider-Man is the technical name. Is there like a specific year that it, of that box? Mm -hmm. Only one year. 2022 is when it actually released, but it's technically called 2021 because like i've seen like on target.com or something you can get a box mm -hmm. potentially for like 30 dollars. so that would be the box you would buy and then you would just obviously hope to get lucky well that box is what you would call the retail box and the retail boxes there is rumor that there's one in the retail box the rest were in the hobby boxes which are much more expensive those uh, are probably 400 to 500 dollars right now for 12 packs 
Got it. Got it. And then you said how many how many are re have how many have been found? Eight or nine of them that I'm aware of. Okay. Okay. This card back here. This is a 1995 Marvel Medal Spider-Man. So this is one that has a lot of nostalgia for me as a kid. Uh, but this came out of this card actually came out of X-Men Metal. It's called a buyback. So Upper Deck, the company, went and bought boxes of the 1995 Marvel Medal. They stamped them, numbered them to 10, and put this buyback stamp on the back, this, that gold stamp, and then reinserted it in the packs. So there's only 10 of these in existence. Oh. But this card's actually from 1995, and it's just... And it's the first year of the metal product, e even the first year uh, before sports oh. that I'm aware of anyways. Uh, real quick, uh, JP, just I want to let you know. So going back to that AF-15 card, there is a video from Justin's show where they're opening packs. And is it Alonzo? Is that his name? Yeah, Justin? Lewis Alonzo. That's correct. He, he is opening a pack and he gets one of the, the AF-15 cards. And like everyone just like goes crazy. The shame of that video is Justin is that your face is not on screen when he pulls it out. Uh, I know, man. Um, that that night, I, there was a weird technical thing where the camera that I use for opening cards was the camera that worked my mic. So if I didn't, if I was not the one opening cards, I, I couldn't show my face. And and it just happened, you know. But you can certainly hear my voice. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's great, Jay, because you'll you'll see like they open the pack and you can tell there's like a different card in there. He's like, oh, we got something, and he kind of slides yeah. it. He's like red border. Justin's like the AF15 card has a red border, <laughs> and then he like opens it up and like everyone. I, I think there's three other people on the street. Everyone just starts like, clapping and like losing. It. It's it, great. It's fantastic. It, it is. Uh, it is a really special moment. And so. I'll show you. Well, let me let me show you. This is a 2013 red PMG. Um, when I said there was a card that sold for 72,000, it was actually a version of this, but in a PSA nine. Um, and I actually really adore this card. It's the first year that they did precious metal gems for Marvel. And uh, they're, they're, they're really awesome. This red one is an example of what the gold one looks like. The gold one. Uh, was just like this one but i really like this red on red here it's yeah red, so can you explain what um pmg so I to, i'm assuming that means it's a card that's not part of like the base set yeah you see how this says precious metal gem here at the top can you see yeah. that? Is that focusing and it's also here as well um so precious metal gems came out in 1996-97 basketball and that's the rookie year of Kobe Bryant and, you know, one of the last significant years for Michael Jordan. They put, uh, they, they did um, 100 PMGs per player in that set. It was a parallel to the base set, I believe. And the first 10 cards were green. The last 90 were red. The green PMGs of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant from that year sell for over a million dollars or have sold for over a million dollars. Who knows what they sell for today? So this would be this would be the first time that ever happened for Spider-Man. Wow. And so this card, you know, it's you know, if you like shiny cards, and a lot of people do, some people don't. That's fine. But this is as shiny as it gets. And it's the first ever PMG for Spider-Man, who in effect is the Michael Jordan of Marvel cards. Yeah, of, yeah, of definitely. Comics. So question on that, the like the Jordan card, 
that would sell for a million. Would that need to be graded 10 for it to get that high a price? I think, I think the Kobe Bryant that sold for somewhere in that neighborhood was like a PSA 6. There's only oh. 10 of them. Yeah, so okay. if you want to have a master collection or even one of those athletes, you got 10 shots. So the I actually helped broker the sale of the green version of this card, Raw, and it sold for 255000 Wow. It's crazy to me to think that these cards are mm -hmm. almost fetching more than comic books. Yeah, I mean, you could get quite a few uh, AF-15s for that price. So why would yeah. anybody do that? And it's just, uh, you, you know, people collect different things. They'll all, all collect uh, AF-15s. I, I can tell you that I could sell this and get an AF-15. And I have this, but I don't own an AF-15. So it's like, why would you do that? Well, there's only 15 of these. Yeah. And you guys may be aware of how many graded AF-15s there are. I can't remember if it's 1,000 or 2,000. but there's Yeah, there's 3,000 graded uh, yeah, AF-15s. It's not rare. And so um, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. Did uh, did Alonzo, did he keep his or did he sell his? Oh, yeah. No, no, he still has his. He, <laughs> I think I would sell mine before he would sell his. He's crazy okay. about it. Got it. <laughs> um, okay, so I remember this shelf in one of your videos and then – What's below yeah. that? These are the, I remember you saying these are like a sample set or a test slabs or I can't remember what you call them. Yeah, so this is actually really cool. So I actually was fortunate to be significant in in helping kind of put the pieces together that got CGC to gray marble cards. And because of that, uh, I was able to be involved when they were getting started. And they took my cards and they graded them as the first cards that they graded and that they used for the initial advertising that they rolled out. And so these will forever be the first CGC graded marble cards. And oh, wow. so, it, so and they were your personal collection cards. Correct. And so other than these back here that say samples, those come from New York Comic Con. So on the back it says New York Comic Con. So those are kind of exclusives. Uh, everything else you see is um, those test slabs. And if you go back and watch the CGC advertisement or videos, you'll see this Joe Jesco, pristine 10. You'll see uh, this amazing Spider-Man 300 that's signed here by uh, Jim, uh, how do you say, a sales group who helped uh, with the ASM 300. You have this 1995 Marvel Masterpieces here. You've got the beginnings. This is a comic cut from ASM 3, the first appearance of Doc Ock. It's kind of cool. Spider-Man's going, holy mackerel, what's yeah, that? Yeah, that's a cool card. And, uh, you know, so you got Thor from Marvel Masterpieces, and you got the 1996 very famous um, set from uh, 96 here from Julie Bell, Boris Vallejo, uh, Venom there. So some, some really cool cards and examples of that. And then one of the prized possessions is this. Yeah, this I wanted to talk about this. This is the 16-panel Comic Cut Achievement. So um, on Upper Deck's EPAC, you had to complete every one of the achievements that were available. And I think there was eight or nine of them. And an achievement means, it, let's say there was 50 cards in, a, in an insert or a subset, you had to get all 50 to complete one achievement. We had to complete every example of the achievements. And the first five to do so got an exclusive comic cut of the cover of, a, of one of the you know, top five Spider-Man books. And I was able to acquire the ASM 300, which is one of the top five. In fact, it was actually the first one that was uh, achieved. So real quick on that, can you explain what an EPAC is? 
Yeah, I knew if I keep saying that, I was going to have to do that. So uh, EPAC is a website. Let me get down here. So EPAC is a website that Upper Deck owns. When they release product, they release it physical. And then they allow you to buy those packs online on EPAC. So you're actually opening the packs and you're actually getting the actual cards. And they stay in, in this vaulted you know, state in your account and you can trade them. And you can use them to complete achievements, and then you can mail them home. Got it, got it, got it. So, five. You had to be in the first five to complete this list of, you know, it, it basically means it basically means you had to spend somewhere between forty to a hundred thousand dollars, depending yeah. on how well you could trade, to be able to accomplish the achievement. And wow. this was the first one that was accomplished. Got it. And so did they come to you? I don't actually in that video you showed, they come to you raw. And so you've since got them graded. I did. That's right. And the, yeah. my, my favorite panel, obviously, is the face. You yeah. got a nine five in honor of Manu. We got the new stand nine five. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Um, okay. So I have a couple questions for you about grading. So do you have a preference to a grading company when it comes to cards? Is it CGC? Depends on the card. If it's a 90s metal base or a metal card, I'm going to PSA. Uh -huh. uh, but if it's something that's more comic in style, it's definitely going to CGC. Okay. And then if I, so I, I've just been starting, I've, I told you, I was talking to you about like, uh, I wanted to start, I'm going to start collecting some silver server cards. So I'm yeah. starting to learn about the card grading system. So PSA only does whole numbers and that's still correct, right? They don't do like mm -hmm. a nine, five. They just do nine, 10, eight, seven, six, correct? Mm, not true. This is an 8.5. Oh, okay. They do do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, they don't have a nine five, so it's 10 or nine. And that's one of the geniuses of PSA because they're, you know, a nine five and I'm not a grader. So let's, let's make sure people who are listening here understand that. And what I mean by that is I can't look at a raw card and go, it's going to get this grade. Okay. But generally speaking, I, a 9.5 scale could still get a PSA 10 if it's a true 9.5 to scale. Mm -hmm. um, PSA puts, uh, my understanding, they put some emphasis on things that maybe other grading scales do or do not, but most of the hobby has a greater respect for a PSA 10 as opposed to, you know, a 9.5 in a CGC slab. Got it. And so, and then with CGC, they have the pristine 10 like you have on that one. Mm -hmm. And then they have a perfect 10. I assume if you get all four of those, those 10s, they, correct? They have a perfect 10, which is similar to Beckett, right? So Beckett owns CBCS. So that's where most of the comic community is familiar with Beckett. But Beckett has their own slabs, and they grade in a similar fashion as CGC, where they have, you know, this black label 10, which is perfect, perfect, perfect. And then they have a gold label 10, which means you got three 10s and a 9.5. Then they have their 9.5, which is considered a gem which is the same thing you would call a PSA 10. And depending on who you talk to, uh, some hold that the Beckett 10 and, and Black Label 10 is, you know, the, the best example of a perfect grade. And that's why, even though Beckett is not as respected as PSA, and, and to me, in some ways, depending on who you're talking to in the Marvel card space, not even as respected as CGC, even though they're kind of new on the block, but a Black Label Beckett typically supersedes all of them. And yeah. what it would sell for. Um, okay, and so then on that, like you can see it right there on your AF15 card. Mm -hmm. You've got the you got the main grade, 
And then I saw when I was going through CGC's website for grading, you can add on those subgrades of four additional numbers for an extra fifteen dollars. Yep. Is that do people prefer that having the subgrades on there? Does that add more value? I don't think so. Um, I mean, like this card here, I did not do subgrades, and I don't think I'd get any less for it. I don't think if this one had subgrades, it would get any less. And I think some people would prefer aesthetically for it not to be there. And so yeah. it, it, it is a matter of preference. Um, if it's a base card, meaning the card doesn't bring significant inherent value to it, then yes, I do think subgrades can help you. Hmm. I thought it was, you know, relative to the cost to grade a card, I thought $15 was, was quite expensive relative to what it would cost to because it's like well, twenty-four dollars to grade the card, and then it's like if you have the subgrade, it's fifteen dollars more. I was like, that's kind of a big add-on. I feel figured relatively. I mean, having on you... the um, um, the quick, what do you call it? Whatever you CGC, if you want to get it done in fast track, fast tracking at fifteen bucks. So yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, before twenty twenty-one, like going back to even before twenty twenty-two. I mean, twenty twenty, you're you're looking at like five, seven dollars to grade a card. Uh -huh. um, one of the reasons why the prices have been where they are is because if they drop them that much lower, they would get such a flood of cars to grade that they, they wouldn't be able to, to withstand the onslaught. If you don't know this, in twenty in February 2021, PSA shut down the post office in California. They've received so many submissions. So yeah. they had to raise, even just the regular tier of grading, they had to raise it to like $150 a card to get people to stop sending them in. Jesus. Yeah. That's why. So just give it some time and you can yeah. get back into it and start sending them into grade. Well, That's we just, crazy. you just saw so much growth in the hobby and everybody's looking around in their, you know, box of cards and goes, well, I see these selling for X number of dollars on eBay. Heck, it costs 10 bucks a grade. I'll send this in and turn it into a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, the, the interesting thing about the cards and about, you can compare the cards, the newer ones mm -hmm. to variant covers. And when I go through like a, a long box at an antique store or at a flea market, I'm seeing all these variant covers. I have no idea which one is worth more over the other one because to me, if it's a, I don't, McFarland doesn't do variant covers, but Art Adams did a bunch of them for DC. Various other people do them. So you're like, oh, wow, this looks great. I'd buy it because I like the cover, but I don't know if it's more valuable than the other one. So with the cards are the same way, like, it seems like the newer cars are coming up. There's so many different to choose from to, to for me, it, I find it to be daunting to get back into it, to know which one would be, you know, which one to get, except, you know, the AF 15 or that, that gold one you're talking about that comes in the pack, mm -hmm. but there's so many to choose from that. And there's so many, it, it just the nuances to it, you know, silver age is silver age, golden age is golden age. But when you get to these modern books, I think like, it's just, it's, that's what's daunting for me is the task of trying to figure out which ones are worth what and which ones to collect, you know, because there's okay. so many different variations. Well, that's why, uh, you know, if you if you stick with the classics, right? So you recognize this one? Yep, yeah, I, I recognize that one. That's uh, Joe Jusco from 1992, Marvel Masterpieces, the first year Marvel Masterpieces was ever done. Uh, the pop on this is still like less than 50, even though it's super classic. I mean, as a kid, I, I drew it as a kid, you know, that's, that's nice. my childhood spawn and, and uh, uh, Spider-Man there. And so th this is classic. So if you stick with what you know, what you love, you should be fine when you're starting out. It's when you're trying to jump into, you know, the deep water, and you haven't learned to swim yet. That's when you get in trouble, right? 
And I, I think, I think as you ease yourself back into the hobby and you're watching videos like this, you're having conversations with people, you will begin to pick up on, you know, what people are attracted to and what they're willing to spend money on. Um, but it is a, it is a, it can be a rather steep educational uh, curve that you have to learn. And I don't see many places where cards are available because I do antique stores and flea markets, and I don't think I've seen the cards at either. Not that maybe I missed them because I wasn't looking for them. I know they're not at antique stores. Sports cards are, but I haven't seen Marvel cards. Um, and that actually was gonna, I was gonna ask that question. You said like when you want to take that gold PMG to a, sto uh, a show, you can get it. What are because I don't see any Marvel card booths at the. I mean, I've only been to a few Comic Cons. But I don't ever see a, a Marvel card booth at any of them. So what what shows are, are you going to, to to get cards? Well, I go to the Dallas Card Show, which is a no-brainer, right? It's a card show. Um, but there are comics there, but it centers around sports cards primarily. Go to the Atlanta Culture Collision, which is, you know, a, uh, a mix of you know, Marvel cards, comic books, sports cards, a lot of sports cards, but uh, TCG as well. And then I've been to New York Comic Con, uh, was able to work a booth there. Uh, and New York Comic Con had, had a really big presence, had you know, a lot of very expensive cards uh, to on display there. And, you know, it's just, you know, MegaCon will happen soon, and there will be a bunch of Marvel card people there. Whether or not they'll have booths, I don't know. Uh, you have Heroes Con, um, is it Heroes Con? Yeah, Heroes Con in Charlotte. Yep. We had a, a Marvel card booth there last year and still talking about having one this year. But it, the, the cons are, have not been something that Marvel card collectors have done a lot of outside of some specifically non-sports events like in Pennsylvania. The, and I think the reason is, is if you were to walk into a comic book shop, uh, maybe not now, but even a year ago, if I would walk into a comic book shop and say, hey, do you have Marvel cards? I would get laughed at. Like yeah. This, I mean, there was one time, it's, it's such a funny scenario. I have the gold <laughs> one of one Spider-Man in my backpack and I go, hey man, do you, you happen to have any Marvel cards in the back? Cause you know, don't have them out front typically. And he goes, oh, those things are worthless. And I just giggled because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this thing in my backpack and I was like, it's no use even pulling it out. Like this no. guy's super convinced. And I just went on my way, but that, that has been the attitude. And, and I can't say I blame the comic book store owners because they spent the 2000s with people coming in with their shoebox full of their 90s cars trying to unload them on them. And they were, they were worthless in, in a sense. And so um, I, I don't begrudge them for having that opinion. It's just a lack of education because not a lot of people understand the, the history of the story of Marvel cards after 1996. Yeah, I mean, I would have never guessed. I would have thought Marvel cards weren't even being made after the 90s. So, uh, you know. Yeah, um, but, but this was. Yeah. And this was. <laughs> totally, yeah. So then I have a question I was thinking about. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a big mar modern comic collector, mm -hmm. but when it comes to modern comics, when you get them graded, it's kind of like you want to get that 9.8 or it's bust because there's mm -hmm. just otherwise too many copies of them. So when it comes to cards, you know, provided it's not one of these cards, it's like one of 15 or one of 50. Right. Is it kind of like, 10 or bust yeah for sure absolutely or yeah. the modern cards not the 90s cards like the well um series one series two if it is not a 10 in a series one series two it's it's almost not worth 
the grade. You know what it paid, yeah. paid to yeah. paid to grade it. Yeah, and that's why like when I when I was am looking to like buy these silver surfer cards, it's like I'm not even really looking at raw cards because it's like if I don't get a ten, it's like pointless. So it's like it's not that much more expensive to just look for the tens. Well, let me ask you a question. We we talk on here low grade is better than no grade, right? Or not having it, right? Not having the the, the book. So, it, I mean, if you could find, I bought it. You guys remember the Bo Jackson card where he was had the, the bat? Oh, yeah. and the, Okay, so I never got that card growing up. Like, I couldn't get it. I don't know why. I'm sure it was reasonably priced, but for whatever reason, I couldn't get it. I, I don't, I, I'm sure it was 50 bucks or something at the time because it was hot. I bought it on, on eBay a couple months ago for like 10 bucks. It's not graded, but I mean, I now I have it, right? And it's not that valuable. So, like, if you like the Silver Surfer, why does it, why does it matter to get the graded one over just getting a raw one to put in a in a you know plastic? You know, these are these are cheap to buy the plastic cases. Yeah, right? I mean, I think the thing is, is right. Like, if I go on eBay, let's just say, and I buy a raw card, it'll probably be we'll say five to ten dollars. I mean, you know, again, we're not talking about these rare, rare, super rare. Right, 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 right. One. It'll be, you know, let's just say five to ten dollars, you know, maybe fifteen, depending on what card it is. But I've already scored two PSA. If you're gonna 10s. get it for ten bucks more graded, that's a different story. That's my point. It's like if you're I, getting you're, it for like a dollar, then I'm like, well, then what's the difference? Like yeah, I got yeah. that I got that one X-Men card for the a dollar shipped for free. Because <laughs> it comes in a in a postage stamp or you know, like yeah, a little while. I, I I think from my perspective, it's just like I want a nice small collection of silver surfer cards. And it a, a, a graded ten card is not nearly as expensive, like as for the ones that I'm looking at, as like a nine point eight ASM three hundred, right? And so it's like you know I could pay a little bit more, and now I have like the ten, so it's yeah. like it has a little bit, a little bit of value to it. Whereas it, whereas like I can get any card, and it doesn't really have much value. So you know, I, even though I do agree, like I do want to own a piece of history when it comes to like major first appearances and things like that. With the cards, it's kind of like you know. It's nice. I think, you know, I, I kind of want to have a little value behind it as well, still. I mean, again, the cards were from the 90s, so there isn't like it's that long ago that yeah. it couldn't be preserved, like a yeah. 1939, whatever, 1990 Honus Wagner card, right? Yeah. Like raw yeah. there. And you got, and these books you're talking about, or these cards you're talking about here, cost as much as that. Yeah. Or, or yeah. close to so, Honus Wagner. That's crazy. So if you're, if you're um, just wanting to, complete a set and have it in your binder, then, then yeah, like, you know, the, the great, you know, who cares as long as it's, you know, condition that when you look at it, you still enjoy it. Um, but I think that if you're going to, if you're doing it because there is an aspect of you would like to resell it one day, the grade absolutely matters. Yeah. And if it's a, if it's in the era of the nineties, when things were overprinted, then it better be a gem mint or bust because the, there's plenty of nines, eights, and sevens out there, right? It's, yeah. the, it's the tens that matter. So what about, I see a Kate, I, I, I go to an auction weekly and I've mm -hmm. seen some Superman cards from the seventies and Star Wars cards. Mm -hmm. Now the printing run, like you said, the nineties were overprinted, but so finding a gem mint is the way to go. Now, is there certain uh, cards from that other era? I, I was just going to ask you about this card, these cards, Justin. Does it go ahead and just pull that out? Yeah, so, so, JP, is, that 1966 Don Russ set, right? Yeah, that's it. So, this is the first time that a Spider Man ended up on a trading card. 
So uh, this would be like his first appearance on a trading card. Um, <laughs> this is a PSA 8. There's been 5,000 of plus of these cards graded from this set, and there's still only like 33 eights of this card. Yeah. And, um, I mean, this is... <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to, you know, hype this up. I mean, this is it. This is vintage, quintessential Spider-Man here. Um, I mean... It was four years after this panel was created, you know, yeah. which I think is really cool where oh, yeah. you know, these cards so, are, are much newer. So the grade, again, the higher the grade, the better, obviously. But finding a 10 and that's 19, that Donruss said is harder to do because of the era. So not not necessarily. Um, <laughs> it depends on the quality of the condition of the card when it was coming out. Getting a 10 in this is actually harder. This has like a 2% gem rate. Uh, JP, real quick, just so you have a little info on that set, because I've been talking to Manu about it a lot. So mm -hmm. the card set is 66 cards. It's six characters. They each have 11 cards. It's Spider-Man, Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and who's the sixth Daredevil. one? Just? Daredevil. Um, it's a really cool set, like, if you want to ever, like, look it up. Um, this is, like, something that I know I've talked to Manu a lot about. He's He's... He's collecting these anything PSA eight and above, and he was telling me that there are unopened boxes of these cards out there. So potential untouched cards from nineteen sixty six. From nineteen sixty six, you just—he's looking for them. He hasn't found any, but he says there there definitely are some out there, right, Justin? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. There's a, yeah. absolutely no doubt. I never knew there was any Spider-Man cards prior to the nineties, and as I go to this auction, I've seen, you know, like. Uh, Superman and Star Wars, but I've, I've, well, I'm sure there would have been cards for anything, but I like that's that 66 Donruss. I never even heard of it. Like that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I never heard about it until I started following Manu. And then, you know, we started talking about it. Cause yeah. cards were my first. Is that another one of your drawings right there? No, that's Simone Bianchi. He's one of the world's uh, most popular Marvel artists. This is a commission he did for me at New York Comic Con. Um, in the Secret Wars pose, you know, first appearance of the symbiote yep. suit. And he, in fact, he's the one who just did the variants for, for Todd on the Spawn cover. Um, but yeah, he, he's a great artist. But uh, I was going to show you all some different stuff. I don't mean to change the subject. I was just going to show you. No, that's all right. Stuff. I thought you drew that. I was going to say, heck of a drawing you got there, Joe. <laughs> hey, real, real quick, Justin, can I ask you one more thing about some cards you had? Yeah. In, those, in that sample set you have of CGC. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've got are those like the Jim eighty three, the Ghost Rider, the GSX, the Silver Surfer one? Or is that that nineteen eighty four comic first comic? No, these, these are two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven Marvel Beginnings. Okay, and it's very similar. Uh, Marvel Beginnings is a trading card set that focuses on the history of of the characters, and so there's a subset in there where they do their first appearance covers. And whenever I was sending cards in that. I thought CGC would want to showcase as, you know, you know, just the, like the first Pierce of Thor, right? And Journey into Mystery. Um, I thought it would cross over well in terms of people understanding it for comic book collectors. So I chose uh, four of those cards to go in that, no, five actually, because I got the Amazing Fantasy back there too. Okay, yeah. Uh, to, to go back, to go now, with those samples. Now these ones that were the first graded cards by CGC. Mm-hmm. Are they pedigree labeled at all? Or they, no, they're, they're not. Uh, but I do have the 
not only the shit, this the, the packing slip, uh, slip that came with it that's dated, that predates their announcement. It's also in the advertisement. Okay, ha- you can see the you know the grades and the numbers. You but can really would you have to sell them. the entire collection if somebody wanted to get the first ever graded? If that was something that they wanted, would you have to sell them all with that packaging and all that stuff? I don't. To make- I don't think you would have to. I think you could say like the character collector who collects Venom might would want a Venom one who wants the Wolverine might want the Wolverine and the Thor might want the Thor. And they'll just know that from the advertisement or from the package. I mean, I would, you I only... would probably make copies of the package slip. And okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. yeah, you could also do it as a collection too. But yeah. I mean, the, this, this Marvel beginnings, uh, this is a pack full of auto that also got a 10. Uh, this card is actually very, very difficult to get in a 10. Uh, very fortunate <laughs> to have it. That's a, like the cards. My, it's so hard. To, I mean, I know it, I never think any card, any comic I have is a nine eight, let alone a card to be a ten. You yeah, know, well, just it's a straight ten. It's like, not. It's not. It's not straight. It's not straight paper either. There's, there is a, a cardboard aspect of it, so you can think about it as those covers that uh, are have much more durable. I can't think of the, the name of them. That the Batman covers that always get a ten. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yep. So it's. I mean, this is made of similar stock. And that's why those 10 and you know why these have the ability to 10 as well and those that type of stock it's either a 10 or not right if you if something's messed up you can't you can't press it out or something right there's pressing pressing is uh, very much uh frowned upon that's considered altering um oh, okay that was maybe a question i had if yeah so you can do that um, with comics but not with the cards yeah well it's just a, it's a different nature because comics are are meant to be read and there are defects that actually don't damage the book that you can press out uh and, and look i i think there's probably a little bit of gray area for comics i don't press comics so let me not talk about something i don't understand um but there is it's not the same you can't think of it well, right but same. a card can come off center from the factory yeah yeah so so justin can you d- talk about that a little bit so with a comic if it's like miscut CGC won't dingy for that, but on a card, they will. Absolutely, and they should because you know these cards are they they're printed in sheets and then they cut these sheets to create the card, right? And uh-huh. so if these these sheets are not going into the cutter correctly at the right angle or whatever, they're gonna they're gonna miscut the cards, and um, and that's just part of what makes getting you know, a PSA 10 or CGC 10 or 9.5 so special because they often don't get cut correctly. So, yeah, it just um, adds to the rarity, I guess, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these, yeah, these cards are notorious for not being centered. Yeah. And so you know, that's why there's not as many, many uh, 10s. So, you know, on the 1991 Impel Marvel Universe set, mm-hmm. so, you know, on all those cards, they have five holograms that come with it. Mm-hmm. And sure. so I have, I have, you know series one two and three complete with all the holograms and i was looking the other day i was at my series one holograms and i was like man corners are sharp straight glossy i was like are these potential tens and then i started doing more research and you know learned about the centering and stuff and i looked at them i was like no i don't think any of these are perfectly centered i was like no i'm not gonna like they're so off-centered, man. So yeah, bad. and so it's like, and this is what comes comes back to. It's like for me, it's like I feel like I would just rather buy the graded one versus like take the chance of sending my own card in and getting an eight. Uh, yeah, just so you know, I mean, those 
those series one hollows, they're in the single digits of PSA tens, and people have sent tremendous amounts of them in to get yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, I've I've seen some nines on eBay, um, mm -hmm. and so I've I've yet to see a ten in the hologram one. Yeah, they're rare, and and I know where most of them live because there's so few of them. Yeah, I think I saw the Wolverine one a ten mm -hmm. sold for like seven grand recently or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So Wolverine, which one? The Wolverine from the series two? It's series the one, the hologram. It's 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 they have in the in the set one of the Wolverine cards is the same exact card. Um, do you know Do you know who drew that card? I don't. Jim Lee. Oh, okay. I didn't know Jim Lee did any of that series one stuff. You sure did. Actually. Yeah, but actually, now that I think about it, he it looks like the Wolverines he drew because he always drew him with the brown suit and it had a Jim Lee. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Well, it's original art. Right, yeah. It was original art made for that set. It's not a reused comic book art. Oh. Original art for that set. Okay. Kind of like the X-Men series that came out in what 91. It was all Jim Lee stuff. It's all original. Yeah, exactly. Yes, this this example. That's that uh, Wolverine. That that is my outside of so I love Hulk 181 and that's like my favorite comic book cover. But outside of that, that card is my favorite depiction of Wolverine I've seen. So I had now, the how Jim much Lee that card go for. This is just an eight. This is this is nothing. This just happened. This is just one of the ones I submitted in the CGC submission. Now, if you had an attend, what's it worth? Oh, probably a couple hundred bucks. Hmm. But I had the so, auto. I had I had the auto in a PSA nine, and it sold for five grand. Auto. Oh, so it was signed by Jim Lee. Pat pulled. Yep. Oh. In 1992. Oh, I didn't even know they had autos in that set. Oh, it's beautiful on card autos. Yes. Oh, so how does that work? Does for cards signed, does CGC work the same way as comic books where they have to witness it for it to get like a gold label or? So you got to be really careful. Not every card that signed was pack pulled. You got to do your homework before you start dropping money on that. These have a stamp that's embossed and you have to get the card in the right light to see the, it's like a notary almost, notary stamp. So if it's signed and it doesn't have that stamp, it's not authentic. And even then, somebody could try to fake that, but you got to be really careful. Okay, so if, it's, if you got that graded by CGC and it had that embossed yeah. mark, they'd see, honor that. See how that's correct. See how this one is signed? Yeah. And it got a blue label because it was pack pull signed. But if you see the Todd autos that are coming out, Todd McFarland that just did all of the signing, yeah, those are getting a yellow label because they were witnessed and signed. Mm. Got it. Can you get a green label? Is that is yes. blue? Yes. So. I'll give you an example. So this card here is signed by the creators of X-Men, the animated series, Eric Leadwall. So this is, if I send this into CGC, which I actually plan to do, this will get a green label. And I won't care because what's cool about this card, if you watch X-Men, the animated series, um, and you can read about it in their book here, they actually use these cards to create the cartoon. So they would hire writers, and the writers would not know about, you know, oh, yeah, X Men. So the they back. would make them. They would make them go to Walmart and get a box of Jim Lee, <laughs> and this is how they developed the characters for the uh, series. And Eric actually still had his box that he used to create the animated series, and I had him sign a full team of, of X Men plus Magneto and mail it to me. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. Uh, um, 
But I was going to show you my comic. So uh, this is a really cool comic here. We have uh, a 181 signed by Stan Lee and a 90. That's not cool. Not yeah. <laughs> it's actually a cool saw, I don't know if you saw our video on the hunt for 181, but it took us only, what, three months for both of us to finally get that one, but we did yeah. not get a 90 signed by anybody. Else. No, That's no, awesome. I got a five. Well, I, I'm quite happy with my 5.5. Five. I'm going to sign well, my uh, this is a really cool story. Uh, like I mentioned my twin brother uh, a few times here, but he was on his way to uh, a Comic-Con in Dallas. And on his way there, he answered um, in uh, a Facebook message about a collection of comics. He literally pulled over the side of the road with this lady, and she had this box full of Hulk books. And he, he, he bought them real quick, got in the car, and pulled out this Hulk 181, took it to, um, to the con, Stood in line for Stan to sign it, got him to sign it, put it in, and gave it to CGC, and it came back a 9 out. Dude, I, how come these stories, this, these are the stories that JP and I are <laughs> always talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, gotta, don't happen to us. I got a problem well, here, okay? So you got uh, that gold Spider-Man book or the card, and then your brother got this. So what do you guys, yeah. what kind of luck do you guys have here all of a sudden in your adult lives that you guys got these kind of, you guys, uh, <laughs> that's crazy to get this type of uh, yeah, That's what we're trying to no. get here. We haven't got it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. No luck, just bless. Um, the the new Stan Spawn in nine eight, and I'm, it's again a story about my brother. Um, he used to have a comic book shop. Okay, so that created these opportunities. But he um, he has somebody bring in a, a, a long box of nothing but new Stan Spawn ones, and I bought four of them. Got got them graded too, and got them signed in the previous Todd signing at CGC back in 2019 and got two nine eights, two nine twos, sold the nine eights and the nine twos and actually took my brother to Disney with me and then um, kept the, kept that one. So nice. Cool. You got a lot of uh, JP and I have a lot of these same. So like I have the Hulk 181, the Silver Surfer 4, the Silver Surfer 1, the trilogy I have. Yeah. The only one I don't have is the Silver Surfer 3. I need to get that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one actually was like one of the last ones I got actually. Uh, yeah. enough. But I bought it and uh, cracked it and got it graded and bumped it up a, a full grade uh, on that one. And then I, I'm a huge fan of Blue Marvel. I don't know if y'all know much about Blue Marvel, but I encourage JP, you. you were talking about Blue Marvel on your Geek podcast this last weekend, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, we heard, I heard that um, I see something else I like there too the white yeah. uh, Spider Man 2099. I got that out of a toy. I, I, I cracked it out of a toy biz. Uh, what grade is that? Nine six. It's a nine six unpressed. So, I've seen. I do online auctions, and I've seen two of them go through. The last one I saw go through had a rip on it. I didn't buy it, but the one previously was in better shape, and I think it went for five hundred bucks. So that's that's a hard one to find. It is. I mean, if you've if you've ever held that uh, action figure case in hand, the plastic is it's just natural for it to bend over, and it it, it cracks that black uh, spine every single time. This is a gorgeous wood graded. Now, this is my Dark Phoenix collection, some of it anyways. So um, when there's a set that doesn't have Spider-Man that's dominant in it, I'll pick a non-Spider-Man character to chase. And so like these are one-of-one -one sketch cards all by the same artist, pack pulled. This is a green PMG of Dark Phoenix and the parallels. They're her buybacks. That's a printing plate. That's the actual plate that was used to make the cards. How do you even get that? It's an achievement. You had to complete an achievement on the Predex E-Pack to get it. Got it. We need to check out this E-Pack website then. 
<laughs> be careful. I just looked up those uh, the packs you said that were you could still buy them. Um, what was it called? The the metal boxes. The 2020 metal boxes, and I'm seeing them for like four forty seven hundred bucks and six grand. So I'm like, okay, case. I don't think I'm gonna buy those. Yeah, that's the case. I actually have the one of one for this as well, but it's going off the PSA to be greater. So on that note, but, Justin, can you talk about what is the difference between the retail box and a hobby box? Yeah, so a retail box you can get at Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Target on Upper Deck's uh, store site, not EPAC, store. A hobby box you can you can only get through distributors um, like Dave & Adams, Steel City, um, and places like that. And they, you can get them at your comic book shops, but the problem is, is to be able to get access to the, the premium product, you have to commit to buying the product no one wants. So you have to buy everything from Upper Deck to get access to everything from Upper Deck. Yeah. So, so, on, so on the hobby box, is it, it you have a higher likelihood of getting these high dollar items? Yeah, they have guaranteed hits. Like these metal boxes have a guaranteed uh, number parallel in every box, and of those number parallels, they can be PMGs. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got all these questions about what is this? What is a what is a parallel? Sorry, a parallel is when you have, uh, it's like a variant uh, of a comic book. So oh, okay. it's the same comic book issue with something slightly different about the cover or maybe significantly different, but it's, but here I can give you an example. So this is an orange, number to 25, okay? Let me do this without knocking stuff down. This is a turquoise of the same card, number ah. to 50. This is a grandiose that's not numbered. It just says grandiose on the back and has different foiling. And this is a pink, number 75. And for fun, this is the poster with a remark by the artist. <laughs> so, number to 36. So those are all parallels then. <laughs> yeah, this didn't come out. This has nothing to do with the, uh, yeah, yeah. the uh, training cards. Yeah, so these are all parallels. So. Got it. Some people would say, what a waste. You're just getting the same image with some color variation. What makes that special? Like, that's crap. And some of us like to lay them out and make a color of a rainbow, and it's a lot of fun. There's <laughs> nothing like, like you said earlier when you started that displaying them is the big thing. And there's no point I in love, collecting. I love the display. display. People are like, oh, you got them by lights, and, you, you know, what if somebody, you know, does whatever? Like, I, I don't care. I I enjoy it. I want to look at it. That's... Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I would rather pay a higher insurance premium to mm -hmm. enjoy them versus, like, put them in a safety deposit box or something like that. Yeah, I'm not taking them with me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy them. I'm going to use them to enjoy more of them. And that's it. Yeah. Now, is this – you have another room besides this one? Mm-hmm. I have the hobby room. Well, this is the study, and the other is the hobby room. The hobby room has like 2,000 action figures everywhere, uh, two more rows of comic books, and a lot of Marvel cards everywhere. Now, do yeah. you change up what comic books are in there and what action figures, or is that? Yeah, so I, 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 nothing stays in this spot. Like, I'm constantly, it's my therapy, is to uh, go out there, put on some music, shut off the world and, and rebuild the display. I'm actually, you can't you can't really tell when I'm live, but I'm actually rebuilding the Spider-Man display. I, I built um, a Galactus display, so I have this Galactus here, but I 
put another one outside and it's a fuller display and I had it where the Spider-Mans were and then now I'm repurposing, replacing the uh, Spider-Man with display. Now. Yeah, JP, you should look again. There's another video where he does a room tour uh, and you can see like he's got his action figures set up and it's like, it's really cool. Like I, I, I really dig yeah. it. Like uh, it's not, they're, they're not just standing there. They're like, there's poses and there's themes and it's almost like a story that you put together <laughs> with the act. It's really cool. When I was a kid, I remember walking into this person's house and he had shelves like up on the wall where you couldn't reach them. And they had all these toys along the shelves. And that just, the feeling of seeing that just never left me. And so as soon as we built this house, I told my wife, I said, hey, build a room. And it's gonna be like a toy room threw up in a library. <laughs> and that's that's what I've got. So I've got, I don't know if you can see these shelves back here. Is it, oh, yeah. There? Yeah, yeah. So I've got library shelves and they, they have action figures in them and books. <laughs> so, is your is your wife at all or daughters in any of this stuff? Wife could care less. Um, <laughs> although, you know, by God's grace, like the, the content has created some opportunities that, you know, never saw coming. And she's learned to have like a, a lot of respect for that and you know applauds it and you know pushes it and she's she's now the pendulum swung she's like you need to do more you need to be doing this you need to be doing that and i'm like oh, i'm just gonna have have a good time um and so she she does she supports it and then my youngest daughter is actually into the marvel stuff not at the level that we are right we're we're cuckoo for cocoa pops but she she enjoys watching movies and things like that with me and we could talk about it She's talking to a boy. She's like, DC or Marvel? Which one is it? And they said, DC. She's like, no. Yeah, I'm not interested. I will say, so there's the two the two videos that I've referenced a few times. It's, I, I kind of find it funny. There's, there's the gold PMG unboxing that you do. And in yeah. that one, like, Justin's kind of like teasing it the whole time. And... I don't know which of your daughters are, but like the, the one daughter's in it, she's just like, come on, dad, just show us what you got. And then That's the other her. one that makes the other one that makes me laugh is on the AF-15 unboxing, the comic clipping card and yeah. the ASM-300 unboxing video. Uh, it starts out with like Justin in the car and he's like, I got something at the house I've been waiting for. He gets to the house, he's like, and one of his daughters like walks by and he's like, did you see the box or something like that? He's all excited, and she could tell she's like on the phone, and she's like, "Get out of here with this!" <laughs> it must be teenagers. Yeah, I, I actually think that was my wife. <laughs> oh, was that okay? Okay, okay. I didn't know what it was. It was definitely so. I was, I was just like, I don't care about your box. <laughs> she does. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> now, how old are your kids? Are they teenagers then? I have a twenty-year-old and a sixteen-year-old. Yeah. 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 I got um, I got teenagers myself, so. They think I'm a nerd, and I tell them I'm a I'm a non-nerd. So I'm just uh, repurposing. My uh, my kids are much younger, but I do have twins as well, Justin, like you and your brother. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah, um, Justin. So with your brother, though, I've maybe I'm not watched. Is he on any of the videos or anything like that? Or is he... Yeah, he has been on the videos. Um, not not as much as I would like, but I recently he just opened up a, a lounge, a sports lounge. And the night he opened, we took a box of Clear Ultra Avengers and we christened the lounge by breaking a box of Clear Ultra Avengers. And that video was posted last week. All right, I'll check that out. Does he have a collection comparable to yours? He has a, he ha I just showed you the Dark Phoenix collection. Yeah. He has the same thing minus the premium plates and the one of one for Gambit. And Gambit has a PMG 
two PMGs in twenty uh, in X Men Metal and one PMG in Fleer Retro, two thousand fifteen, and he has all the greens from that. Um, he has an, an unbelievable gambit collection. He is very character focused. Like he doesn't he doesn't waver like I do. Yeah. And I have to. Spider Man's just everywhere and too expensive. I have to pick my battles with Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, learned a lot tonight. I really, you know, I. It's funny after we have these videos, you know, then I uh -huh. start to look for that kind of stuff, and I start to <laughs> pick up a couple things. Like after Manu's video or Manu's video, I got it uh, a signed McFarlane uh, Amazing Spider-Man three twenty eight. So I'll be looking for cards now. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, find something decent. But you know, you guys well, give me the I'll edge. Give, of kind of stuff. I'll give you and your viewers a warning. Um, I haven't met anyone who can just dip their toe into Marvel cards. Right. It, yeah, it, it, no. it will it will pull you all in. You have to be really careful, really disciplined, really focused. Don't FOMO, please. Yeah. And I know we say that, and it's gotten kind of like, well, you better say it, or you're not like you know, giving the the PSA announcement to people. Like, what I'm what I'm really saying is, is know how you want to collect first. So Rohan, you you talked right. You're gonna you've decided it's Silver Surfer. Mm -hmm. And so now you need to focus that that in, you know, to focus that even more. Because my first year, I I was very much like, hey, I was collecting Marvel cards in the '90s up to '96. Marvel went bankrupt. Pokemon became big. Marvel went away. At least in my mind, it really didn't, but it did go away. Like you couldn't get on the shelf, right? And it just lay dormant until 2020, 2021. And I felt like I missed all those years and I had to catch up real quick. And I did, I started buying a lot and I got access to a lot. And once I got it all, I went crud. I really wished I would have like taken all this energy and, and brought it to a point, right? It's a uh, force multiplied if you haven't heard the term. If you have a drill bit that's got a flat head yeah. with enough force, you can drill down. But if it's got a, a head to a point, you can go just as deep with less force or you can go a lot deeper with the same force. So that's why I tell people, if you're going to come into Marvel cards, get hyper-focused and apply all your energy into one set, one character, one insert, like get it as focused as you can and complete it and enjoy it and then move on to the next one. You're not going to miss out. In fact, if you apply force multiplied and hyper-focused, you're going to actually end up with something much more special than anybody else if you do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think kind of what I've been what I've been targeting with my Silver Surfer um, pieces are, I really want to get like all of the cards that are involved in the series one, two, and three Marvel Universe. That that's the set I grew yeah. up on, and so like to get all of it in, in like a you know PSA ten, I think would be really fun. Or, or PSA ten, CGC ten, and you know, or you know that either is fine. Man, dude, focus it. PSA ten, yeah. that's fine. Like focus it. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a problem when I got in back into this last year, there was really no, the, the only focus I had was to get an ASM 300, get it back. Cause I had sold it to somebody and I was like, why'd I do that? So <laughs> I got that back first and I was like, then I was like, oh, I'm good. Well, no, I wasn't. I just kept going out to the antique right. stores and flea markets, find something big or something big to me. And I was like, oh, you got addicted to it and kept doing it. So I got, you know, a bunch of, I mean, a bunch of stuff. Some of it crap, some of it good. So the cards, like you're saying, focus because I could just, oh, I'll buy this one. I'll buy that one. I'll buy this one. But I got a PSA 7, PSA 8, <laughs> a 10. 
and then you just wasted a bunch of money and you had no focus because you just like oh my gosh like what what am i into now you know so, you'll you'll end up like bilbo baggins yeah. too little butter over too much bread <laughs> yeah uh Exactly. Justin, with the show, the Spidey Hits show, do you have any like future plans of where you want that to go, or is kind of like happy where it's at and keep going, or what, what's your plan there? Look, I don't plateau on life. Well, that's just a fact. Um, I'm a I, I'm I'm a natural builder, and it 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 happens. It just happens, and if I'm not building, I'm on to something else. So, uh, the, the channel has been growing. Uh, the community around it's been growing. As as far as I can tell, in terms of how it's touched me. It, it, it seems healthy and it's it, like I really want it to be a blessing for people. So when I say hey, everybody, it's a spotty and as always, I hope you're having a marvelous day. Like I, I know that there was a season of time in my life, even in my childhood, where I couldn't get access to this stuff. And I want the show or the channel to be a place where people can enjoy it, even though they may not have the means and ability. And when they leave, they actually leave, leave filled, not empty. It didn't, it didn't take, it, it gives in some meaningful way and maybe it's just a smile maybe it's just an, an enjoyment of the card but whatever it is i want it to be that and on top of that i want to be a bit of a force of change for the hobby especially as it relates to say upper deck because i do think they could do a better job and i want to continue to kind of push that in, in a in a loving but powerful way where um, they treat artists better we get better quality cards we get a more consistent release and if it's necessary, that the license goes somewhere else. Like, um, that's you know, that's not a thing for me. That has to be in one place. And I, right. I want to be, I want to be leading in that way, in a way that like has the hobby be uh, healthy. Because if if Marvel cards are not overprinted in the '90s, I'm not a collector today. And the fact that it's so limited and so exclusive, and that grown men like yourself, who are nerds who collect, can't find it, is a problem. <laughs> and and I want, I want to be able to say, my nephew's birthday, I'm not making this up, it's next Saturday. And if I want to get him a Marvel card, I either have to overpay or like know the right place to go online because I know the secret path, right? But I can't go to Walmart and go pick one up like I could a Pokemon pack. And that's an yeah. issue for me. And so I want to be a part of being a, a, you know, a powerful force that leads in the change in that way. So you know, that's what I want for the hobby, to continue to be a blessing to people and continue to be a powerful force to... to to grow the hobby in a positive light. Awesome. awesome. I mean, that's that's what it's about. So the, you said earlier, it's an escape. Your room when you're doing when you're when you're making changes to it. Whenever you're collecting, when you're looking through long boxes, when you're on eBay looking for that item that you had as a kid. It's the nostalgia. It's mm -hmm. the enjoyment. It's the calmness that you get from it. Um, it's not a job for some. It's a job, but it's it should be a passion first. And it sounds mm -hmm. like that's what it is for you. So. It is, but I'm totally awake to the fact that it can become unhealthy. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So it can be like gambling. A, yeah, I want to be a place on the channel where, uh, you know, the, the excitement can lead to, to, to like you're talking about gambling. So we got to have a space where we can have conversations about it. So the Saturday morning Marvel card episode is about waking up and enjoying these cards like it was Saturday morning. We're opening like packs, having a good time. The Marvel show is a place where we have these really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a space and a place where we can have these conversations about what's healthy about it and unhealthy about it and make sure we're, as much as we can, you know, be accountable to be on the right track with it. Um, and then, of course, you know, I do the Marvel car news and then I record my own pers personal box breaks, which are a lot of fun to me, for me because, number one, I like to open the product. I like to share it. 
and I actually really like editing the videos. That's another form of uh, uh, kind of relaxation for me is to sit down and create the video and put it all together and put it up and, and let people enjoy it. Uh, you know, you know, what's kind of funny is so before I got back in into the hobby, um, my brother is he's he's a big collectible guys in general, whereas like I, you know, now that I'm back in, I'm focusing on comics and now some silver server cards. My brother, he has some comics, he's got some cards and he's got lots of sports memorabilia. I mean, he, he's all all collectibles. He's very into collectibles. Anyway, so one of the big things is, is sports cards. And I remember like kind of me and his wife, we would laugh uh, at him watching these videos of guys doing box breaks of sports cards. <laughs> and now here I am, I watch your show and I'm watching guys do fun card breaks. It's just like, oh, it goes back around. It does. I would much rather, oh, go ahead, sorry, Pat. No, no, go ahead. I can say just from an entertainment value, I'd much rather watch my friends have fun opening this stuff than just about anything that's on TV. Yeah. 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 yeah JP, I'm gonna, kids, I'm, gonna send, I'm gonna send you that video of Alonzo pulling that AF fifteen. I wanna card. I'm gonna look it up. If it's on it's, YouTube, I'll find it. It it is just so because it's literally it there's Justin, there's Manu, there's the guy Alonzo, and I don't know who the first Neo. person was. Yeah, Neo. Yeah, okay. Neo, nice, good game, good name. And yeah. it's it's literally like as he pulls it out, everyone's react it's just like pure joy there's no like jealousy of him it's just oh, like God. pure joy for the hobby and like seeing these guys it's it's very i i've watched it a couple times just because it, it like makes me smile it's a great video yeah that awesome. makes me happy that's what it's about i mean i my kids used to watch youtube and i was like what are you watching now i watch youtube all the time and i enjoy like stuff like that the good part of the hobby right because there are many aspects we've heard of last year and and whatnot that can you know take it negatively but it's all about the positive nature of growing your channel growing ours growing your collection growing the education all that stuff's important and having fun right collect what you like yeah. educate your friends educate people you just met and make new friends and yeah, that's so the cool I, part about the hobby I, I have three rules that i operate by in this space it's they're, they're the guardrails are like if you bowl like they're not bumpers to keep me out of the gutter, right? Uh, love people. Number one, people are greater than cards, you know, or collectibles, however you want to say it. So at no point am I going to like use these cards as a justification to, to mistreat somebody or, or look down on them or talk negatively to them. So love people. People are greater than cards. And keep it marvelous. And that, that means something to me. It may sound silly. It may be like, oh, well, you're a Marvel guy, so keep it marvelous. You know, there, there are ways in which if you're not careful, you'll find yourself talking bad about people, looking down on people, you know, maybe saying some things you shouldn't say or being involved in some things you shouldn't be involved in. So those are things that, you know, really simple that it's the line in the sand for me not to cross over. Nice. Yeah, that's great. No, I, yeah. I learned a lot today. I, that's why these podcasts have become more of an educational item for me as well. I'm getting back into it. Rohan, you seem to be way more into, you know, you, you started ahead of me on this just like you did back in the comics. So I got some catching up to do. So yeah. And nice I, you know, w you know, you're the first card guy, but then we have, we have Fausto in a couple weeks. Oh, uh, wow. And so we're going to, we're going to learn a little bit more. Um, and then actually Manu hit me up last night. He's like, you got to get Dave from West coast Avengers who was on your show mm -hmm. last night. And so I messaged him today. We booked him. So yeah, like, this is great. Like it's, it's all about like, like you said, 
it has connected us to all of you through all these other people and like yeah. then they connect us to the next person and it's kind of like uh these tag videos you know do your top five comic books and tag three other people and it and it just mm -hmm. kind of like branches out and it's it's great I, it's super enjoyable it's the power yeah. of creation man being creation it it creates creation creates and it, it uh i think it's really beautiful especially when it's in a lot you guys seem like you aligned for me and i think that's why you had me on the channel i can't yeah. wait to get the new jp more rohan more oh i did a i did a i did a lord of the rings reference and you're rohan yeah that's great yeah. i'm glad i did that um so yeah keep creating keep doing the podcast keep having people on and it's going to be really special to see what happens yeah no, i appreciate you coming on what a great time learned a lot i'll be checking out that uh, unboxing probably within minutes of us shutting down and uh i want to see that so yeah i'll put on my my kids will watch it. i can hear them up here <laughs> upstairs let them watch awesome. it so but yeah, no, thanks for coming on, Justin. Appreciate it. Um, Rohan, anything to finish up with? Any, any uh, thoughts? No, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely uh, have to have you on again down the line. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Like, as I told Justin in our previous chats on through Instagram, I ask a lot of questions, and he's been very uh, gracious in, in, in responding and not being annoyed by me because I, I like to learn and I learn uh, by only, asking questions. I only have one thing that bothers me, and that's when you think I'm bothered. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, nice. then that's it. I'm gonna keep asking questions when they come up, Justin. Come it's on. Not a bad man. question. They say you might. We learn that in school. Not yeah, any, no questions, right. a dumb question. So keep asking. So, Justin, yeah. thanks for coming on. <clears throat> thanks for everyone for watching. We had a great time. Learned a lot. Hit us up on the uh, on the IG on the social medias. Check out Justin's uh, IG channel and YouTube videos. And everyone have a great day. Yeah, please next give one. us a like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Yep, yeah, we'll absolutely. see you on the next video, whether it's 16, 17, 18. We're having yeah. trouble <laughs> with our numbering, so just watch the next video, check the date, and you'll be you'll be okay. So yeah. thanks, everybody. Uh,